Right, we're ready. 29, episode 29. Hello, folks. Sat here, full of cake. Just had a decent amount of uh, off-cut sponge. Joys of having Rach as your other half. She's in there kind of making cakes, etc. And uh, there's always some additional bits to pick on. <laughs> so I am going to be nicely sugared up as this class, uh, class as this podcast continues because I'm full of cake. Good day to you folks. Welcome to episode 29. And today we are talking on a pretty, talking on, talking about a pretty prevalent subject when it comes to fat loss. And it's weight loss. More specifically, it's the scales. Something that as a coach, as a trainer, I spend pretty much the majority of my time talking about, or firefighting in actual fact, because people weigh in when they potentially shouldn't do, people weigh in after high calorie days, more food days, have a binge, they jump on the scales, they weigh in when they're on, etc. We'll get to all that in a second, but it's probably the worst part of what I do is the scales and tackling people's reaction to the scales because the funny thing was if they weren't there then people would focus more on the process focus more on the changes focus more on what they need to do and wouldn't find themselves mentally fucked over every five seconds because they've checked on their relationship with gravity and it's not gone in the direction that they want it to go and it's not their fault it ain't your fault and it ain't my fault The problem is, for the last, what, 50, 60, 70, 80 odd years, we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned to associate reducing body fat with weight loss. In actual fact, most people call it weight loss, not fat loss. And alongside that, most diets that you can think of, most fat loss clubs, etc. still use weight as the main marker. Hell, even fucking doctors do. You've even got to look at the BMI scale. And that has weight as 50% of the components. No correlation between your height and your weight, and boom, there's your uh, there's your BMI. Now, obviously, I've to, to, I suppose nip that one in the bud. I've never been a fan of BMI because if you are in a dangerous BMI zone, you fucking know it. You don't need uh, a, a number. You don't need a bloody measurement to say just so you're aware you're not in the best physical condition it's like i know i can't see my dick okay i know i'm not in a great physical condition and bmi has always frustrated me because there's so many things that can easily change your bmi to an unhealthy range when in actual fact you're in great condition for a long time i sat in the overweight touching on obese category Because when you resistance train, you don't correlate as well with weight or your relationship with weight and height. So BMI is purely just you're this height, you should be this weight. Or you're this weight, you should be this height. And if you don't match up with that metric, then you are overweight, you are obese, you're morbidly obese, you're underweight, etc. But it all depends on circumstance. You're an individual. What you do in your life is individual. And so... Hence why I've never been a big fan of it. And again, that comes from someone that works within the NHS, worked with a system that used BMI as a gauge. So I like to think I do know what I'm talking about with regards to that one. But moving on, the scales. Like I said, even doctors, we're conditioned to... I'm not a doctor, you know what I mean. It's something which is in our lives. I mean, near enough, every bathroom 
has a set of scales. Every single one of you listening to this now has probably got a set of scales sat in your bathroom because it's become the norm, you know? It's become accepted. But I suppose what I want you to do in this podcast is I want you to open your mind. I want you to not be afraid to break from what has become the norm because just because it's accepted doesn't make it right. Just because for so long having a set of scales in our bathroom, using weight as a measure of progress, just because for so long that's been accepted does not make it okay, does not mean that it's correct, does not mean that that's what we should do. Now, through experiments that I've run with my programs, with my clients, I've tried a whole manner of different things to improve people's relationship with the scales. I've tried moving away and weighing less frequently. I've tried the opposite approach and weighing in every day, taking averages or looking at trends. And the one thing I've learned from those experiments is, I suppose, twofold. One, men and women are very, very different when it comes to not only their reaction to the scales. Women have a much more severe self-deprecating reaction to the scales than men do. But also, because of obviously the hormonal fluctuations that you girls deal with on a month-to-month basis, your weigh-ins are not kind. They fluctuate more so than men's do. Men's weigh-ins can be pretty consistent as long as what they're up to is consistent. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So, when it comes to the experiments I've done, I don't think there is a right or wrong answer to kind of what we're about to go into. I don't believe there is a one-stop shop approach. But hopefully through this podcast, I'll open your mind a little bit. And I do think that there are things that we can do as a society, things that we can do as individuals to shift this emphasis away from how much you weigh being the be-all and end-all when it comes to your physical health and your self-worth. Now... The main thing to consider when you're using the scales as a tracker of progress is, and to use an analogy, if you are running a business, you have something called turnover. Now, turnover is the amount of money that you have coming in. You also have your outgoings, okay, the amount of money that you have to spend on, you know, rent and insurances and, you know, just general business outgoings. And then you have your profit, Now, the calculation, pretty simple. Turnover minus expenditure or outgoings equals profit. When it comes to looking at your business, whether it's successful or not, the metric you want to judge that success on is your profit. Now, of course, you want your turnover to increase. It's not something you ignore. But at the same time, if you've got a turnover of, I don't know, 100 grand a month, but you are spending 200 grand grand a month, then you've got a net loss of 100 grams a month. It's it's not a good thing. Now, obviously, I'm not going to go too deep into the business side of things, but to use weight as a main metric of measuring fat loss, you know, I want to reduce my body fat, I'm going to use weight to check on that progress, is the equivalent of turnover. Because your weight is encompassing everything on your frame, not just your body fat. And there are other elements within your body that fluctuate. They're not a constant. You know, the weight of your bones is a constant. The weight of your muscles 
in the short term at least, is a constant. But things like water, shit, piss, bowel contents, etc., all of these fluctuate. And so not only have you got body fat, which will fluctuate because obviously your goal is to reduce it, but also you've got these other elements. And so jumping on the scales to measure your progress is the equivalent of looking at your turnover as the only indicator of success. By all means, pay attention to it. Use the scales. But that's not to say that you should be using them as the only measure. You should be doing measurements. You should be using certain items of clothing to assess your progress. You should be using the mirror, progress pictures, and how you feel. It shouldn't be the be all and end all. You shouldn't be tracking your progress purely based on just one metric. Because tracking your business success on just your turnover could lead you down a bad road. Year one, you could have, like I said, a turnover of £10,000, but you're spending £12,000. But then on year two, you might have a turnover of £12,000, but you're spending £16,000. So in actual fact, year one, you lost two grand. Year two, you lost four grand. I think my math is correct on that. You know what I mean. So what are some of the things that can fluctuate the scales? What are some of the things that we have to consider? Well, I'm going to start with the one that everyone kind of doesn't really know about or disregards, and it's stress. Now, stress causes your body to release a hormone called cortisol, and cortisol is renowned for causing water retention. This is why sometimes people get quite an adverse reaction to being stressed. They end up puffy, and it's because of this water retention. Bloated, same thing. So when you are experiencing a high level of stress, it will have an impact on your body weight, not because you've gained body fat, but because you are retaining water. You could still be in a calorie deficit, still make progress with regards your reduction in body fat, but you may not see the change in the scales and the scales may even increase because you are stressed, you're retaining water. Ladies, when it comes to your menstrual cycle, same thing, you'll get two weeks of the month where your uh, hormones cause you to retain more water, usually week uh, one and week three. But again, it's quite unique to each individual woman. I get some clients where they retain a lot more water when they're actually on. Whereas in a lot of cases, it's actually the week before you are on in preparation for your period where women retain the most amount of water. And through a constant of reviewing weight, especially when reviewing it alongside a consistent calorie deficit, it's quite clear when you look at like people's weight graphs where those weeks are. You get hormonal fluctuations, like I said, and this isn't just due to the menstrual cycle. You know, guys and girls do get hormonal fluctuations. Girls, like I said, more so. Ladies that are going through the menopause, exactly the same thing. And for those of you as well that are on birth control thinking, ah, I don't have a menstrual cycle, I don't have periods, you still have a menstrual cycle. You still have hormonal fluctuations. Just because you're suppressing it with an implant or medication, injections, whatever, does not mean that your body is not still fluctuating with regards to its hormones. So we have to take that into account. Does that mean you've got a fluctuation of body fat? No. It means you've got a fluctuation of water. And so by way and large, your body weight will fluctuate because an element of your mass is fluctuating or increasing. Now, a change in diet can also cause quite substantial um, fluctuations in weight. For example, just going out for a night out, suddenly shifting over to some higher fat foods, 
Um, you know, your 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 diet suddenly changing can cause your body to have swelling or cause swelling in your gut because you're experiencing foods you've not had for a while. This is why a lot of people, when they don't have takeaways for a while, but then they suddenly have takeaways, feel like shit. And also, a lot of people experiencing quite, what's the word? Interesting movements when they have a takeaway, which I haven't had for a while. Or, you know, if their diet is relatively, and I hate this term, but relatively clean. Jesus. The majority of the time, I can't believe I just said that. That's why you people get this big fluctuation in uh, in how they feel and obviously their bowel movements because your body's not used to it. So it does react to it. This is why some people get it with bread, but they're not celiacs. Same thing. Their body has an adverse reaction, causes bloating when you eat certain foods. So a change in diet, a shift in diet can cause your body to swell, can cause water retention. Injury, illness, same thing. You know, your body is doing a lot of stuff to fight off the illness. Not to mention if you have an injury, what's the first thing, you know, let's say you go over on your ankle, right? What's the first thing that happens? Your ankle swells. What do you think that swelling is? It's water. And so over the course of several hours, water retention will be at play. Jump on the scales. Hmm, I wonder why you haven't lost anything. One thing that people don't realize as well is holidays. You'd be amazed the amount of clients I coach where they will go on holiday and they will get off the flight, they'll get home, and the first thing they'll do is they'll want to see the damage of the holiday. So what they do... The same day, next day, they jump on the scales and they go, oh my God, I've gained seven pounds. It's not. You've been up in the air with a change in pressure. And because of that, your body has an adverse reaction. This is why things like DVTs, etc., are more prevalent on flights. This is why there is the danger of that. This is why they encourage you to move around. This is why you feel swollen and bloated after a flight. It's because of the fluctuations in pressure. So... This is why, again, you go on holiday, you have to give your body an opportunity to settle down when you get back. Now, to touch on some more nutritional stuff, carbs and sodium. Carbs have got a bad name. And one of the reasons that carbs have a bad name is because for every gram of carbohydrate you consume, you will also have four grams of water. Okay, Carbs are very good at shuttling fluid into the cells. And so for every gram of carbohydrates, you've got another four grams of water. So that means that's five grams of weight overall. So if you have a pizza, pasta, whatever, you're naturally going to retain more water because of what carbohydrates do. Sodium, I don't want to say similar effect, but similar effect in terms of water retention. Okay, High amount of sodium, high amount of salt foods, takeaways, night out, etc. Same situation. The opposite can also be true when it comes to alcohol. You can find yourself quite dehydrated. So you might wake up the next day after a heavy night thinking, oh my God, I've kicked the ass out of it. Better jump on the scales. And you might go, oh my God, I've lost two pounds by having a night out. You haven't lost two pounds of body fat. Okay, Your body's water is fluctuating because your mouth is as dry as Gandhi's flip-flop. So there's a few things that cause water fluctuations. I haven't even touched on constipation. Which obviously, if you're retaining a load of shit on your frame and you haven't been to the toilet in a few days, it does weigh something. Okay, if you're still on a set of scales and I handed you a poo, that'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? You're gonna weigh more. If you haven't been for a pee, same situation. All of these elements, all of these additional influences are influences on your body weight, not your body fat. Because what is body fat? It's stored energy. 
Your body was given more energy over time than it needed. And so for times of famine, it stored it. It's the same thing as a savings account. You know, you've earned more money than you spent. So what did you do? You put that money in a savings account for a rainy day. God forbid the car breaks down or you can't pay your bills. Same thing where your body's concerned with body fat. Body fat is there not just as an insulator, but it's there as a reserve for times of famine. So you're in a position to be able to go, right, okay, we haven't got enough food. We haven't got enough energy. Let's tap into our, uh, our energy reserves. Now, obviously, it's 2020. If you're listening to this, you probably have an iPhone. If you have an iPhone, you probably are fed on a regular basis or Android, whatever. You've got a smartphone. You're listening to a fucking podcast. So what you've got to consider is that in 2020, with a phone in your hand, you probably don't experience famine. And because you don't experience famine, that age-old process that your body has left over from millions of years of evolution is kind of unnecessary at this stage. Because famine isn't really a thing unless you find yourself on obviously some very, very hard times. And so that process of our body storing that body fat is a pain in the ass, And that's why we find ourselves in the situation we're in. We gain body fat because, like I said, we consume more energy than our body needs. It's the equivalent of filling up your car, but then keep, if the click off thing didn't happen at the pump, keep filling it, keep filling it until it overflows. That overflow is body fat. But at this stage, whenever you jump on the scales, whenever you get that adverse reaction, I would always invite you, and I do this with my clients, to remember what are you doing it for? You've placed yourself in a calorie deficit. You might be one of those dickheads that's drinking shakes or, you know, cutting out carbohydrates or for some fucking reason taking some extreme approach. But regardless, it's all the same in the end. It's all a calorie deficit. So you're in a calorie deficit. You're being consistent with it. Let's exclude the fact that maybe you've been a dickhead by being on a deficit for a day and then jumping on the scales the very next day going, why is there no change? Give your body a fucking chance. It takes time, okay? I did a whole walk talk about this. If you're not following me on Instagram, at Chris Moyes, well worth going and having a, a watch of the walk talks if you get a chance. Uh, I will actually go and save that one for you, folks. How about that? I'll try and put it in a, uh, what's it called? A memory for you. So it's on the highlights on my, uh, what's it called? On my main Instagram page. Anyways, I digress. One of the things that I'll get people to do is to remember why they're doing what they're doing. Now, what is it you want to achieve? Oh, I want to lose weight. Okay, let's key into that goal a little bit more. And you'll remember this from a previous podcast. Why do you want to lose weight? Well, I just want to be a bit more confident. I want my clothes to fit better. Okay, so you want confidence. You want your clothes to fit better. If I click my fingers right now and you were 50 pounds lighter, but your body stayed the same, would your clothes fit better? Well, no, obviously. Okay, cool. So we've established then that it's not a weight goal that we're concerned with. It's a physique goal. It's a body fat goal. So with that in mind, you want to lose weight to fit in your clothes better to feel better about yourself. Your clothes will fit better with a smaller circumference waist, with smaller circumference legs, with less body fat on you, basically. So in actual fact, your goal isn't weight based. If you said to me, I'm a boxer, I've got a fight coming up, I need to drop three kilos to get into weight, that's a fucking weight-based goal. If you said to me, I am a wrestler or I'm a fucking astronaut and I need to drop five kilos or they're not going to send me to Mars, that's a bloody weight goal. When it comes to your specific goal, 
it's physique based it's confidence based and that doesn't come from your relationship with the scales but again we've been conditioned to believe that it does our entire lives we've been conditioned to believe that our weight is the be one end all that it's our entire self-worth that we are not a worthy person if we are carrying too much mass on our frame but as you gain muscle and just before you guys kind of touch on the thing doesn't muscle weigh more than fat yes muscle is denser than body fat but that age-old thing of going oh i haven't lost on the scales this week it must be because i've gained muscle no you don't gain muscle that quickly you lose body fat far quicker than you gain muscle if you are resistance training the swelling caused by the repair of muscle tissue can cause fluctuations on the scales but yeah the muscle fat thing let's move away from that straight away so your goal is a physique based one like i said your entire life you've been conditioned to believe that it's conducive to the scales that the scales are the be one end all and even when you tell people about all of the things i mentioned stress menstrual cycle change in diet flights carbs sodium etc it's still very difficult to pull them away from the scales because we've spent our entire life going that's how you measure progress you know what is it people will ask you when you are on a program be it whether they can see change or not what's the first thing someone says to you oh well done you're on a program are you You're on a diet how much have you lost instantly we go to weight you never get anybody turn around and go oh that's awesome how many dress sizes have you dropped or oh that's brilliant how many inches have you lost you know rarely ever do we get anybody ever say that to us it's always down to weight and again it's not their fault because we have been conditioned to believe that weight is the be all and end all. That there's nothing more important than your relationship with planet Earth and its gravitational pull. In actual fact, like I said, if I click my fingers, your weight stayed the same. But you were fitting into all the clothes that you loved. You felt confident in yourself. You felt sexy. You know, you look good naked. Then... You wouldn't give a flying fuck what the number on the scale says. You probably wouldn't even bother stepping on the scales because it wouldn't matter to you anymore. So, ask you again, what's your goal? If you're a boxer, if you're a wrestler, as I said, fucking astronaut, Formula One driver, it's a bit different. Your goal is probably weight-based. But when it comes to confidence, self-worth, clothes fitting better, a better quality of life, better mobility... It's all down to your body fat, not your body weight. So, how do we combat this? What is the solution? Well, as I said in the very beginning, there isn't a one-size-fits-all. Everybody needs to have their own tracking methods. Everybody needs to be in a position where they have their own means of, their own system. It'd be very easy for me to jump on the podcast, you know, and turn around and say, right, don't weigh yourself anymore. And I'll be honest with you, I would love to begin moving the world towards a non-weighing-in metric. Hell, I'm about to evolve the Mobile Moist program to have less emphasis on weight. And weight has been the main tracking method that we've used on Mobile Moist, but we've always done progress pictures. We've always done measurements. Well, we've always had an auxiliary option to do measurements, but we've always cons- insisted on progress pictures, and, but we have used weight. But the problem is weight was always the primary method. That was always the thing that people checked in with. But I'm evolving as a coach. And if I don't start changing the conversation with my clients, 
then they won't start changing the conversation with the people that they speak to. And so we will all continue to be on this horrible merry-go-round of body fat self-worth, body fat, sorry, body weight self-worth, body weight self-worth. You know, we shouldn't even be on body fat self-worth, if I'm honest, okay? But how much body fat you've got in your frame is not conducive or indicative of your worth as a human being. If it affects your life, if it is making you feel shit, if it's reducing your quality of life, then reduce it, reduce that body fat. But it doesn't define you as a person. So, as I said, what do we do? Well, first we need to implement better methods of tracking the thing that we're actually trying to reduce. We're not trying to reduce body weight. That will naturally happen because you are reducing an element of your mass. What should we focus on? Well, one way that you can track the shit that actually matters to you better is by using measurements. Because what are you trying to do? You're trying to reduce your waistline. You're trying to have less rolls in your stomach. Okay, you're trying to see your dick, as I mentioned earlier. So how are you going to do that? You reduce the circumference of your waist, your stomach. How, if that's the goal, how do we track that? Well, very simple. Measurements. Get a fucking tape measure. Not the old uh, industrial one. Not, um, not one of these fuckers. Not one of them. I had a tape measure in the hand. But you want to use one of the, um, what they're called? Oh, fucking hell. Embroidery, not that. You know what I mean. One of the, the soft tape measures, okay? Measure your circumference, okay? Start getting some measurements. And do me a favor, don't do measurements when you're flexing or when you're sucking in. Be honest with them. And my fitness pal's got a great little feature where you can track measurements on there too. I would use an app to track them, I'll be honest. And I would use it as your primary method. What else would I do? Well, obviously I've mentioned about measurements of your waist obviously you could do hips you could do legs you could do arms depends on what you look bust depends on what you're looking to um to change what else can you do well i would also encourage you to do pictures there was a gentleman that i'm coaching at the moment took his before pictures uh, it's been just over a month and so we've taken updated pictures he didn't feel like much had changed we put the identical pictures side by side and they weren't identical Decent amount of fat loss around his stomach. Decent amount of fat loss around his love handles, around his back, looking much leaner overall. But he and himself didn't feel too much change. And this is the thing. Sometimes measurements don't change too much in the short term. The reason for that is when you're in a calorie deficit, your body is tapping into your fat reserves. But you have fat reserves around your organs. It's known as visceral fat. It's the shit that kills you. It's the really serious shit. Never mind the subcutaneous stuff that's below the skin. The visceral fat will fucking kill you quicker. So if you're reducing the body fat around your heart, around your lungs, your kidneys, your liver, then chances are it's not going to affect your measurements too much in the short term. It may not affect the visual too much in the short term, but it doesn't mean you're not making progress. And that kind of stuff... That kind of you know body fat loss, and we can't tell our body where to take body fat from, by the way. It will just take it from wherever it wants to. We can't really track that. There really is only one way of tracking in that sense, and that's using something called a DEXA scan, which is essentially an X-ray, which will measure, measure your body composition. But they're very expensive, and you're not supposed to have too many of them, so you can't use it like you use the scales every fucking week. Now, at this point, I feel I should probably mention bioimpedance scales the ones that you step on you might have them in your bathroom might have them in your local gym 
They have been proven time and time again to be highly inaccurate. Electricity is basically sent through your body, a very small current um, via the plates through your body, comes back around again, and the scales measure the time and the resistance um, from that electrical signal. Now, electricity will always find the shortest possible path. And not just because of that, but because of many other reasons, it's a very, very highly inaccurate way of tracking your progress. If it motivates you, then go for it. But do me a favor, take those numbers with a pinch of salt, okay? It's not an accurate way of tracking. I don't care how good your fucking scales are um, or your your body, body scan or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, don't bother using those scales and looking at it going, oh, I'm 23.6% body fat. No, you're not. No, you're not, okay? Uh, other thing to mention as well, there are some that you can hold on to, by the way, that do the same thing. Again, highly inaccurate. Um, calipers, when people are pinching body fat and measuring the circumference of that body fat at different sites on the body. Now, that can fluctuate because if you are swelling, swelling more particular day, like retaining more water, they're going to be able to pinch more. Circumference will increase. Now, obviously, it's done as an average over the course of the body if you're doing it properly, but there is a lot of discrepancies when it comes to to the accuracy of those measurements okay different person doing it different set of calipers even the same person doing it it's very difficult to be highly accurate with body fat calipers now i will say as a as a caveat at this point um the same could apply to measurements if you are not accurate with your measurements you know i'd always recommend using moles your belly button etc as a good guideline um but if you're not accurate with your measurements, or for example, if you measure yourself when it's your time of the month, you're bloated, you may not get an accurate reading because you are bloated. And this is where a little bit of common sense comes in. Okay, If you don't feel like you've lost, if you're feeling fat, if you're feeling heavy, if you're feeling bloated is probably the best way I can put it. Just hold off on reviewing your progress. Seriously, always judge how you feel first. And that brings me on to the next one. How do you feel? Because part of your goal was to reduce your circumference, you know, fit your clothes better. But the other part of your goal was to feel better, to feel more confident. Are you feeling better? Are you feeling more confident? Because sometimes a lot of confidence can come from just fucking doing something. Just having a plan and actioning that plan, sticking to that plan can bring a lot of confidence. So there you go. There's already part of your goal, not I would say boxed off, but successfully progressed now what other things can you do well as i said progress pictures you know we touched on those uh the mirror is a good indication one thing that a old client of mine had was what she called her pair of danger jeans and she had this pair of jeans which were and jeans are pretty good to be fair because they don't tend to fluctuate in size too much when being washed so what she did is she used her danger jeans as a guide to you know how is she doing so luckily she got to the point where she realized that weighing herself was fucking nonsensical and then when she did she took it with a pinch of salt but she used her danger genes to assess do i need to rein myself in a little bit so every now and then every month or so she'd put her jeans on and go right oh they're quite loose cool i'm in a good place no i'm i'm maintaining things quite nicely if the next month she put her danger jeans on and they were a little bit snug. Then she knows that she just is being a bit of a dickhead. She needs to tighten things up a bit. 
maybe move a little bit more maybe she hasn't been moving enough or just be a bit more mindful about what she's consuming or of course a combination of both of those things but a specific item of clothing can be really bloody powerful and that's mainly the be all and end of it there's many other ways that you can track your progress obviously but if you want my honest opinion i think the best measures are how you feel clothes the mirror progress pictures measurements and if i'm completely honest with you scales would be last on the list but there is one thing that i have completely disregarded one thing which is actually more important than anything i've mentioned a measure of reviewing progression which is more important than anything else it's your adherence if you're not sticking to your program if you are not doing the movement you are required to do and overachieving if you can if you're not adhering to the calorie target or under that you should be adhering to why the fuck are you reviewing your progress progress comes from what you do progress comes from the actions you take if you're not taking any fucking actions why in god's name are you reviewing your progress first and foremost above measurements above the scales above fucking clothes measure your progress on how well you are sticking to your approach how well you are adhering this is what so many people go wrong they spend more time jumping on the scales thinking that progress tracking will lead to progress adherence leads to progress so many people lose sight of that and it's such an obvious thing and probably listening to this you're thinking well duh no shit obviously you know you, if you're not making changes you're not going to see changes but trust me when you're blindsided by an approach a diet program whatever it's very very easy to do but i implore you folks leaving this podcast break from the norm don't use body fat as sorry don't use body weight as your primary measure of tracking your progress because it will always disappoint you always don't be one of those people that has a binge and weighs in the next day thinking and then for some reason is disappointed to see a gain of course you've seen a fucking gain you consumed 7000 calories last night your body can't digest it that quickly no wonder there's fucking 7 pounds gone up on the scales what's that you had a night out last night okay fair enough probably gonna be heavier today my advice don't stay on the fucking scales i think it's about time that we started removing these things from our bathrooms time that we actually started taking a much healthier approach to tracking our progress starting with are you fucking doing something about your life are you looking at the reasons you gained the weight in the first place and doing something about those habits as opposed to just papering over them you don't need to focus on removing individual elements from your from your life elements that a lot of the time you love carbs alcohol chocolate takeaways we all love them what you need to do is find a sustainable approach of what you're doing to reduce the amount of energy your body has stored gradually spending those savings basically and as a shameless plug if you would like to spend some real savings not a huge amount to be fair more on kind of this one later uh well in another podcast 
Then I've got some coaching slots opened up. So if you're listening to this and if you have been listening to these podcasts and you think, this is quite interesting stuff. I'd like to apply this approach, but I'm not sure where to start. Drop me a message. Be more than happy to help, particularly in 2020 to turn what has been a really shit year into a good one. Make it the year that you made a big difference in your life. The year that you changed your life as opposed to the year that life changed you. Lockdown fluff. Hashtag lockdown fluff. (laughs) Folks, thank you ever so much for listening to episode 29. Next week, it's the big 30, the big three zero. So stay tuned for that one. Continue as always. If you want to support this podcast, if you love these episodes or you like them and they're really helping, then there is one big thing that you can do. Go on to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and leave a review. By doing that, it bumps me up the ratings. It distributes this podcast to more people. If you really want to be an absolute saint, give it a share. On your Facebook, on your Instagram, give it a share. Recommend it to people. You know, be it in the office, etc. Send them this way. It's free information at the end of the day. And particularly this podcast is probably some information that people really did need to know. But honestly, guys, it would mean the world to me. And like I said, it's how you can help support this podcast. It's how you can help keep it going. Like I said. So, as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for putting up my voice for the last 37 minutes and 18 seconds. And I will see you on the next one. Remember, folks, accept what you cannot change. Have the courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference. See you next time.